I'm Aaron Reynolds, and you're listening to Explain Like I'm 5 on the 2020 Network, brought to you by Interact. The other day, I received a phishing link, and it turns out I'm not the only one. According to Interact, almost a quarter of Canadians have clicked on a phishing link. If you, like me, are interested in learning more about how you can protect yourself against fraud, visit interact.ca slash fraud prevention. I like to think that I'm an intelligent guy, but I know more about the 1990 Dolph Lundgren starring action film I Come in Peace than I do about the Peace Tower. And that's kind of a problem. And so that's why I'm inviting really smart people onto this show to explain things to me like I'm five. Any day now, the House of Commons will rise, putting an end to this session of Parliament. But this time it's different. When the House returns, it won't be in the same building anymore. Center Block is undergoing a decade-long renovation, and this is a big deal. This building is such an iconic Canadian image that it's been on our $10, $20, and $50 bills. I wanted to take some time today to dive into the, the history and the significance and the stories of Center Block, and uh, I got to do it in a, a really exciting and different way. Today I'm joined by Joanna Musgala, and what what is your title exactly? So I'm the curator for the House of Commons. Excellent. And um, normally I would say thank you for joining us because you would have come to the studio, but instead we are here on Parliament Hill, and so thank you for inviting us in. Yes, and thank you for joining us. Oh, it's uh, it's really this is so we're in a we're recording in a really great room right now. What what room are we in? We are in a room which is the speaker's dining room or reception. Room. It was actually originally designed to be the caucus space, but it was never used for that function. It's, okay. So it's always been used for receptions. It's got a great fireplace. And so um, I wanted to ask you, just in the context of um, we're about to see a major renovation to, to center block, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the history of the buildings. And is that... that's. That's kind of your your job, right? Like, is that is that your <laughs> yeah. yeah? So, um, so t- in order to talk about this building, we yes. actually have to go way back in history. So, the first Parliament building opened on this site in 1866, so mm-hmm. the year before Confederation, and then the first Parliament of Canada met for the first time on the sixth of November, 1867. The original building uh, looked a little different than the one that we're in now. It was a bit smaller, but it was a reflection of its time and of the needs. Um, So when you come onto Parliament Hill, what you would have seen at the time was the main building, the Parliament building itself. That's where legislation would happen. Um, What we know as East Block was the building where the Prime Minister's office would have been, so the executive function of Parliament would have been there. And then the building we know West Block was the building where the uh, early government departments had their central offices. Mm-hmm. So in 1916, on the 3rd of February, there was a fire and it destroyed the original Parliament building. The only building that was saved was actually the library. So when you go into the library here at Parliament, you, you see the original structure and you get a really great sense of what the old building would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, this and thank you, by the way, because you, you took us to the library before we started recording, and uh, you pointed out the difference in the stone around the entranceway, that one was, what was the... the 
So one saying. was sandstone, and that's yeah. the stone that's used on the exterior of the building currently and what would have been on the old building. Right. And then on the inside of the building, you see the limestone. So it's got a very different texture. Limestone is full of um, fossils and uh, whether animal fossils, but also plant life. So there's mm-hmm. lots of it's. It sort of looks um, very colorful and mottled. The sandstone is a very kind of what they call a noble stone. It's it's got a very um, homogenous texture. Okay, okay. And so uh, the the original building. All the buildings burned down, aside from the library? Just, just the, the Parliament building okay. itself. So East Block and West Block are the same buildings that were there okay. originally. So it was okay. only the Parliament building itself um, that, uh, that, that went up. And um, so the very next day, the House met uh, at the Victoria Memorial Building, which is now the um, Canadian Museum of Nature. Okay, yes. Um, and right away, they decided that it was important that they rebuild. So they asked two architects, uh, one from Montreal and one from Toronto. So from uh, Montreal, Joseph Omer Marchand, and from Toronto, John Pearson, to come together. And originally, they were going to just do an assessment of could they rebuild. Right. But what they proposed instead was to actually build a new structure that would take into account the decorative elements of the old, so look like it belonged there, and right. it, but, uh, but would be a 20th century building in the sense of its uh, decoration, its plan, and its structure. So Joseph Omer Marchand was the first Canadian graduate of the École des Beaux-Arts in Paris. And this building is a Beaux-Arts building. Although it looks like a neo-Gothic building from outside, you see the, the pointed arches and gargoyles and things that remind you of neo-Gothic architecture. On the inside, this is a 20th century building. So it's got a really clear plan. You know exactly where you're going at all yep. times. When you come in the main entrance and you come into Confederation Hall, everything to the right is the Senate. Everything to your left is the House of Commons. There, the decoration has a hierarchy. Okay. So at Parliament, the, uh, the officers of Parliament are the speakers of the Senate and of the House. So it follows that their offices would be the most finely decorated. Okay. Because it's yeah. their house. Right. So these are the people who would receive um, dignitaries, would receive guests, and also who reside, uh, who preside over the two chambers. So um, not only are their offices the most finely decorated, but the two chambers as well, because that's the heart and core of this building. And then the decorative elements follow uh, a kind of line related to the function that takes place in that space. When you get up to the sixth floor, although we have the, the restaurant, which is a lovely and beautifully decorated space. Yep. The hallways themselves look like any other early 20th century yes. building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, so I want to, um, uh, because we were talking about East Block, we were talking about West Block, and we were talking about the Parliament Building. What, what then is Center Block? Center Block is the Parliament Building. So it's the building that houses the two chambers, okay. the library and the Peace Tower. Okay, and um, what what goes on in in Center Block? What's uh, what kind of stuff is happening here on a daily basis? So the main 
business and function of parliament is to create legislation. Right. So the laws of the country are made, are debated, are presented uh, in the chambers. Okay. We also have a program where we invite visitors to come in and to see what uh, what goes on in this space, to get a sense of democracy at work, mm-hmm. what it is that happens here, and also to get a chance to look at this incredibly gorgeous building. Absolutely. Um, and so it gets... It gets it's busy in here during the day. Would you say it gets like, very busy? So when the house when the house is sitting, there's a huge hub of activity. There's, uh, you know, we're we're here kind of early in the morning, but people are bustling in the hallways, getting right. ready, and very shortly there will be the speakers parade, which will start the di- the house day sitting in the chamber. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, just to speak to that, we were thinking of recording some of this in what was that first room that we were looking at? We were was in the, the foyer right. to the uh, to the chamber of the House of Commons, and you you noticed there were already tourists coming through, was, and there was a lot yeah. of activity happening. They were getting the chamber ready for the day. It was like eight forty-five in the morning, and it was already loud. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, um, this building then is being being renovated. Is it is. It the it's being renovated and restored. Okay. And for the the time period that that's happening, all of the stuff that happens here is going to happen somewhere else. That's right. So um, the everything related to the House of Commons will actually be moving over to West Block. Okay. So West Block used to have a very large courtyard, and that's been closed over. It has a glass dome, and the chamber of the house will be in that courtyard. Oh, neat. Okay. And the offices related to the functioning of the chamber will reside over at that space. So the speaker will have an office over there, the clerk, the prime minister, the leader of the opposition, the leader of the first uh, of the third party, the whips, the house leaders, etc. Right. What's going to happen to the people who were in uh, West Block? Well, West Block has been closed for a number of years oh, while okay. they're doing this renovation. Okay. So, we're, so we're not moving anybody out. So they were already out. From <laughs> they were before. already okay, out. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, oh, that makes sense because you had to you know, do the dome and, and so on and so on. Okay. Um, this building, it has to have been modernized at least a few times since uh, 1916 when it was reconstructed. Sure. So although the um, some of the special rooms, what we know as the rooms that Pearson designed for specific functions, they don't look all that different right. from what they would have looked like. Um, where there are traces of change, it relates to the functioning of the, the the job that MPs have to right. do and the way that we support their jobs. So one of the most obvious changes that comes to mind is uh, about 40 years ago, we let uh, TV cameras into the chamber for the first time. So that space had to um, adapt to suit that reality. So we had to um, build a hub for uh, cameras to be positioned. We had to mic all of the desks differently. We had to look at sight lines and how would you go about making sure that certain things were visible and certain things were not visible um, so that the MPs could do their, their jobs and do what they needed to do, but also that there would be this sort of additional public eye in mm-hmm. that space. And were these, uh, when, when something like that happens, is that something where the, the building then is shut down for a while, or was this something that happened you know, No, typically breaks? we yeah. do any modifications um, over the break weeks or when the house rises. Um, 
recently with uh, fair representation, we added additional seats in the chamber. So mm -hmm. that was done during a break period as well. There hasn't been a major shutdown of this building uh, since it opened in 1920. Wow. So that's uh, so. Then this this takes on an extra like layer of of importance. It is, and, and some of the changes that need to be done and some of the restoration that needs to be done um, is, uh, is quite significant, and we, we, we simply can't impede the business of Parliament. Parliament right. has to sit, so, uh, so we had to adapt in that mm -hmm. respect, in the same way that Parliament adapted in 1916 when the fire occurred. Yeah. I mean, the House of Commons met the next day after a major devastating fire, so something that we do. Yeah, it just has to go on. <laughs> it has to go on. Um, you said that you know that there were some things that need to be done. What what kind of things need to be done? Well, we've never had an opportunity to do a full scale analysis and restoration of some of the stonework. Oh, so okay. some of what you see around you. Um, could benefit from some cleaning, some adapting, but also we want this building to serve parliamentarians through the 21st century. Right. So there are um, infrastructure needs that have to be addressed. So the kind of wiring that we use, the ways in which, you know, there are dead spots for Wi-Fi and things like that right. because it's an old building. Right. Um, there's also uh, advances in technology and heating and cooling. There are things that we want to do so that it's a modern functioning space, but still maintains the look and feel of the history of this place. Parliament is founded on things like precedent and procedure, so it follows that just like the building that surrounds them, there's a continuity from those things. Right. Okay. Um, I want to ask you about about your job and kind of the like what does what does this stuff all mean to you? Like, how <laughs> does this? How, how, first of all, how did you how did you come to to be in in a role like this? So I've been here since uh, May 2014. So uh, my predecessor retired, and they, uh, I was actually invited to apply for the position. I was really interested in the kind of collection that you would have in a place like Parliament because it's not like a museum where things are on display and visitors come in and look. This is a collection in use. Right. So the collection of the House of Commons uh, comprises the furniture that was designed by John Pearson, um, the ceremonial objects, so something like the mace, that's part right. of the collection, um, the portraits of the prime ministers, the portraits of the speakers, um, what you see in the office of the speaker or in the office of the prime minister or in the office of the leader of the opposition, the things that allow them to do their work are actually part of the collection. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting to me how um, the more people use those things in the business that they do, the more that adds to the layer of the story. Right. So the desk becomes not only the desk that Wilfrid Laurier used, but it was also the desk that Pierre Elliott Trudeau used, and now it's the desk that the current Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, uses as well. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. So when you say the like there's there's furniture in here from the original design of the of the building. Yeah, so um, John Pearson designed not only the building but 
almost everything that you see floor to ceiling, including the um, the plans for all the doors, the metal work. Um, he had artisans work on all of the projects, but he was instrumental in what he wanted for each of the spaces. So everything from the light switches, the fireplace implements, all of it is part of the overarching vision about holy the place. Holy okay. Mm-hmm. And so is it... Is it fair to say it's kind of like a working museum then? Like in a, in a lot of ways, that's a good description, except for the fact that, you know, in a museum you're not supposed to touch things. But right. in, in this space, in the chamber, the chairs that they sit at, the desk that they sit at, the, de- the chair that the speaker sits in, the clerk's table where the clerk and the um, table officers sit at, that is all part of the collection. Right. Does anybody ever say, you know, I wish I could have a modern chair? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do make um, alterations to things within reason. So we we don't want to compromise the integrity of the object. But from time to time, I mean, you know, they used to um, stuff chairs with horse hair. That's not necessarily something we would do today. So there are certain ergonomic issues that we try and address. But by and large... People don't say that. They love that they have historic furniture in their offices. They love that it's something that another parliamentarian, somebody from the legacy of the history that they're part of, shared and touched. Oh, that's fantastic. We have to balance their specific needs, what they want in their space to to do the job that they need to do with what's in the existing collection. I mean, somebody like the current prime minister is a really interesting example. We've never had a a legacy of father and son. So that was really special to be able to offer the same desk. But that's not always the case. And um, there was, in fact, a set of furniture that was designed by Pearson to be the prime minister's suite. So it's available. It can be used. But we always make accommodations for people uh, either for very specific needs, like they need a particular kind of desk, or because there are certain things that they want or they or make sense. We have to be always um, agile in that way. The, the job... Of, uh, of legislation is the thing that's the guiding principle mm-hmm. for the institution. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a museum in that way. Right. And so do, then you, do you have a, like a desk collection somewhere? Like <laughs> we do. A- we, have a, we have a collection of over 6,000 objects. So that's the whole collection. Wow. Paintings, furniture, um, even some of the pieces that used to be used but now are not used anymore are part of the collection. So historically, they used to have these beautiful little phone booths where people would go and, you know, very north by northwest, you'd right. go and you'd sit yep. and you'd talk on the phone. We don't use those anymore because most people have cell phones. They right. go somewhere private, but they don't need a physical enclosure like that. Okay. So there's one that's now part of the collection. Right. And it's an example of the history. It tells you a story about how we did the work that we do. Even um, the kind of transcription that happens in the house to do the Hansard. We have some of the old typewriters, the ones that kind of fold up and you can oh. carry them with a little okay. uh, handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of the history of this place. Right. It's right, part right, of the right. business. So yeah. we, we want to keep those things. Even though they may not serve a function anymore in the space, they serve a function to tell the story. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. What's your favorite part of your job? 
Uh, so many things. I mean, this is a building that I, I really feel every time I come in, I see something completely different. Mm-hmm. And I feel incredibly, incredibly lucky to have that opportunity to look around so carefully. Yeah. And the more I learn about it, the more I learn about the architect, about John Pearson and his vision, the more awestruck I am that it is this kind of perfectly imperfect space. And I I like very much that he planned for um, generations to add to the building. So right from the beginning, it was part of the architectural program that there be blank spaces in the stone so that each successive um, Dominion sculptor could add to the space. So we're constantly telling a story backwards and forwards through history. We're constantly talking to one another through time. So the most recent example I can think of is the stained glass window that's just at the entrance to the library. It was for the 150th anniversary of the first meeting of the first parliament. And then we're also adding to the building by commissioning um, guest artists to come in and do pieces for us. So in 2019, it will be the 20th anniversary of Nunavut becoming part of Confederation. So we've commissioned uh, Bart Hanna, who's an artist who lives in Igloolik, and he's going to be doing a sculptural piece for us. And uh, it will be unveiled in West Block, because we'll be over in West Block by that time. But eventually it will come back and it will reside in the foyer where we were earlier, right to the entrance. Of, uh, of the chamber. Thank you so much for this. I had no idea that going into this conversation that I was going to find out that this building is like a, a, a history lesson in itself and was designed that way. So uh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. If people want to learn more about this stuff, where can they find information? So um, on the central page for Parliament, there is a section that relates to the Heritage Collection. Okay. So you can learn all about the sculpture, about the portraits, about the ceremonial objects, and a little bit about John Pearson. Oh, fantastic. I've got some homework to do. (laughs) It seems like financial crime is a news headline every day. Everyone is looking for ways to keep their money safe. But what are some simple tips for businesses and Canadians to protect themselves? Interact is offering tips at interact.ca slash fraud prevention. The 2020 Network is presented by Interact and is a production of Canada 2020, Canada's leading independent progressive think tank. You can find out more about us at www.canada2020.ca. To help us reach more listeners like you, help us out by subscribing to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. If you happen to be in the Ottawa area in December, Canada 2020 is hosting a number of free or low-cost events that might be right up your alley, and they'll help you get out of the house on a cold, snowy night. On December 13th, join us for Anatomy of a Deal, LNG Canada, and the biggest FDI in Canadian history. You may have heard of the recent $40 billion investment in the LNG Canada Pipeline Project. On December 13th, we want to break down how it came to be. You can stay up to date with all of Canada 2020's events by following us on Twitter or Facebook and signing up for our mailing list at Canada2020.ca. Thanks for listening.